And just like that, we are back after a two-week hiatus here on the RSG. This is Jake Talbert along with my great friend and co-host, Phil Addison, live from the ATL with the Toner 777. Phil, how we doing? Jake, we want to give a big shout-out to the Toner out there. We couldn't do this podcast without the Toner, even though, sadly, you are without the Toner for this episode uh, we at least have one one of our best sponsors uh, and one of our greatest attributors to the podcast. The toner sounds great in Atlanta uh, this afternoon. Absolutely. It does. It sounds phenomenal uh, here in Waco and so excited that we have, you're right, we're batting one out of two on the toner 777. It's been a while since we've caught up. The last time that you and I actually connected was on the podcast. We've texted back and forth, but haven't had the weekly phone call, haven't had really even a good pregame meeting. And so this episode of RSG number 12, as it should, could get a little bit wonky. We're just going to have to see what happens. Yeah, listeners, we want to apologize. Really, I want to apologize to you. Last week, our uh, episode got cut short. Luke Mangan in the middle of uh, his breakdown for his games episode just cut off. And had to catch a flight to D.C. Uh, to go visit one of our good friends, Riley Mohort. Great weekend. Got to see the Capitol. Uh, walked around a ton. Uh, met a good friend of Seth Locks from Samford. Jake Easter. It was his birthday. Shout out to him. Uh, then we went to Houston last weekend, Jake. Got to visit Matt and Lauren Evans, along with the brother of Preston Cornelius, Sam Cornelius, and his wife, Lauren um it's been a quite a it's been quite a runaround jake but uh we're glad to be back phil i could not agree more i'm so glad to be back and i love that you gave the cornelii a shout out i love peacorn i don't know where he's at right now he's a proud baylor bear in atlanta he's in atlanta no <laughs> in atlanta. way he's in atlanta. oh my gosh that's we're amazing get him on live. <laughs> yeah we'll have to get him on live on the pod no doubt about that here in Waco, the morale is questionable. I'll say that. We've got a big weekend coming up. It's Baylor Homecoming, the longest standing homecoming parade in the United States. Others may disagree, but that's what Baylor would tell you on the website. Yep. It's going to be a fun weekend. A lot of big things. The bonfire tonight, the pep rally. It's been a lot of cool things leading up to it this week. I would say morale is questionable for the game tomorrow. I'm a pretty positive person. I think Bears are going to cover the spread I think Bears by two touchdowns on homecoming at McLean Stadium. It's going to be a big game for the Bears. But we'll see. Is Blake Shapin going to play? Not sure. Took the head injury, the hard hit a few weeks ago in Morgantown. Night game Thursday. We both saw it. Brutal. So we'll hope, we hope that Blake Shapin is back out on the field on Saturday. One other update. I thought you would find this interesting. I dealt with this for the first time in my career here at Baylor, but we had – a punching incident in an intramural flag football game. A freshman threw a punch at an upperclassman, and it just got a little bit uh, chaotic out there at the fields. And so we got to deal with that this week on the intramural front. And then in the classroom, we covered two of my favorite chapters this week. Chapter 11, the camp facility. How do you have a great camp facility? And chapter 12, your favorite, risk management. Now, Phil, I do want to pause for just about 20 seconds and share this story with the listeners because I think they need to know. I got to share a firsthand experience in class about what not to do in risk management. There was an experience a few years ago where you were the athletic director, probably the greatest we've ever had at K-Country. And in that, you were inflating the tether balls. They had not been inflated for several weeks. And uh, finally, you took it upon yourself to... <laughs> 
<laughs> inflate the tether balls and you inflated them, but just a little bit too hard because in the span of one class period, we had four broken fingers in one class period, all from barn one and two on the female side. Yeah, Jake, I mean, you know, you live and you learn, and that's the best part about camp. I'm sure chapter 13 will be lessons learned. Uh, and that's what we're always here for in the RSG, uh, to give those lessons learned, learn from our mistakes. Uh, you know, I pumped those balls up as hard as I could thinking, you know, these kids are, you know, they're swinging at it. But when you have the, you know, six and seven-year-old girls going as hard as they do when it comes to tetherball, there's always going to be injuries, Jake. There really is. Tetherball, one of those sports that, you know, you yourself and a guy we talk about quite a bit, Jake Bardell, you guys had some deadly matchups back in the day at camp. Jake Bardell actually still recovering from the pulled hamstring that you had on him when you pulled that triple limbo move on him. Uh, <laughs> triple Lutz. On that, yes, that triple limbo Lutz with a sachet from Rocket Dogs. <laughs> Oh, Jake, that is good. Oh, I miss those days, but we are thankful to be where we are at now. Um, just to give you another quick update from Atlanta, obviously the Braves had heartbreak in Philadelphia. Their season no came doubt. And, um, not the result we wanted to. We were World Series champions last year, but that was last year. Um, so looking on, on, on and up, um, to next season and hopefully we'll see Dansby Swanson back in uniform, the hometown kid also went to the Doobie brothers concert with my mom and my little brother, Mitchell Fox theater. We were, my little brother and I were uh, the youngest ones there probably by 30 years. Uh, probably the median uh, age was probably around 60 to 75 and that ballpark range, but they put on a great show only knew a handful of songs. I think my mom thought that we knew more than we did. But Marianne was fired up the whole time on her feet. They played for two and a half hours straight. No breaks, no opener, just Doobie Brothers. So it was an electric Tuesday night in Atlanta. And um, thankful to uh, 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 jump in with Marianne and Mitchell there. Uh, it's always fun when the Doobie Brothers are in town, Jake. Always fun when the Doobie Brothers are in town and always fun when Marianne, Mitchell, and Philip get together at a concert. The biggest question the listeners want to know, while you were at the concert, how were the lights? Did they shine in your face? Were they, you know, were they a little bit distracting? And specifically, the bass drum, was it present? Yes, Jake. Two great questions our listeners are uh, always asking about that. Truly, the bass drum was very present. The lights sh were shining on the Dewey Brothers for most of the show, but they came into the crowd and shined in our face. The biggest, the biggest... A uh, question I think that our viewers are have, where's the groove? And let me tell you, it was right up in section 202 where Mary Ann Mitchell and I were at. It was on stage. It was in the entire Fox Theater. The groove was very present. We love to hear that here on the RSG. Speaking of groove, it is National Reptile Awareness Day, and our listeners have been fired up about this. Jeremy Barlow has been asking for this segment on the National Reptiles for a long time. He's very passionate about the subject, especially, especially being from Coleman, Alabama, a place down, you know, re relatively near the coast, if you will, um, has spent a lot of time in Florida. Seth Locke, also very excited about National Reptile Awareness Day as well. Phil, have you ever had an up-close encounter with a reptile? You know, Jake, uh, I, I have several times. I've held uh, my, my handful of lizards and uh, chameleons. 
One of my favorite reptiles, though, um, from <laughs> from uh, recent memory is Randall, Randy Boggs from Monsters, Inc. Uh, obviously was an evil character, but uh, a definitely a notable reptile. Maybe we're going to have to do a reptile bracket of most famous reptiles and see who gets on the board. We certainly will have to do that. The first couple that come to mind, Barney's got to be up there, longtime favorite. Barney's got to be in there. Got to probably include some of the characters from Dragon Tales, um, How to Train Your Dragon. There's some characters there. So definitely a segment we could have in the coming days. It's also Back to the Future Day, uh, which is really fun. Phil, this is interesting. And the listeners are going to flood the email inbox after this episode. Neither you nor I has ever seen Back to the Future. No, Jake, we haven't, but I will tell you listeners, Jake and I have consulted each other and we are going to watch Back in the Future Day, probably Back Back to the Future, the movie, with our wives, probably respectively separately uh, in our homes in Waco and Atlanta uh, next week. And we are going to give a full movie breakdown of uh, Back to the Future, one out of 10 stars. How And what are we going to give it? You can decide, you can guess, uh, and we'll get that breakdown to you next week. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Phil, it's also Wolf Awareness Week, and there is a great story that you have with one of our faithful listeners, Nico Mejia, and coming from his time as a counselor at camp back in the day, tell us about Nico and his experience with the wolves. That's right, Jake. When you know you rally all the troops for the counselor meeting in the mornings, you want to do roll call, and you want to make sure you do it well, make sure you're a scene. Don't end up on that table. Don't want to get your chest slapped. So Nico had the great idea of having an entrance for barn two at roll call where all of his co-counselors got on their hands and knees and started howling to the moon. Nico proceeded to show up out of nowhere on top of barn nine, my old barn from the cloud, jumping onto the ground, howling to the moon, a great entrance and a great Wolf Awareness Week story. Speaking of wolf awareness, three other guys that I want to give a shout out to that all happen to be counselors at the same time in the wolf pack, three of the best who have ever done it. This was a trio. It kind of reminds you of Bosch, James, and D-Wade back with the heat back in their heyday. But this trio right here of Zach Parker, Ashish Thomas, and Colin Plotz was one of the greatest legacies in Barn 2 history. Colin Plotz still talks about it. To this day, and rumor has it that Ash Thomas still lives there in the offseason. That's true, Jake. I actually got a text from a good friend, Thomas Maurer, uh, friends of Adam Rose. He is currently was currently at a church event with Zach Parker. Haven't seen wow. him in a long time, but a great text and a familiar face to see. That is truly amazing. Keeping this line going, it's international. So we've gone National Awareness Day. Now we've gone national awareness week now we're going international infection prevention week what do you think about that jake wash those hands keep them clean make sure you get those infections out always use neosporin on your cuts if you're not using neosporin you need to now one of our sponsors uh one of the highest rated uh ointments you can use on infections we want to make sure that we internationally make sure that people know to wash their hands and make sure you stay away from infections Absolutely. Two quick things that I'll say about that. One, I lost my entire left big toenail last night. The entire thing. It just came completely off. 
after a basketball injury a few weeks ago. I mean, there is nothing on there. So that toenail came completely off. That's the first thing you got to prevent infections. Shout out to my wife, definitely encouraged a lot of hydrogen peroxide on that at the forefront. And then secondly, once I was traveling with our good friends, Colin Plotz and Reed Towns in New Zealand, and I had a foot infection and we got the New Zealand brand of Neosporin and it was orange and it turned just about everything I put it on solid orange, but it worked. And so I just want to want to tell the listeners, if you're over there, do not be hindered by the orange color, the orange tint, go ahead and get it, apply it. It works just as effectively as the United States Neosporin. And Jake, that is perfect. Going into our next segment of Find My Friends, Ricky Wilson and Colton Garvin, two of my best friends, have made their way to Auckland, New Zealand. Stop it. They have moved there full time to do a little bit of ministry and have a little bit of fun in Auckland. And as I'm looking at their location right now, it looks like they're headed to the Fondue Cafe. Don't know if you spent any time there when you were in New Zealand, but I will definitely have to let them know about the different ointments and obviously the things that they can use if they ever get an injury or infection. I love that those guys are there and we're going to keep it going. Speaking of beautiful places and beautiful beaches, we're going to go to South Texas, Corpus Christi, Texas, and we're going there to my good friend, Connor Clapham, Connor Clapham, AKA Clap Daddy. His tag is Clap from State Farm, and it looks like he is somewhere near the Taylor Med Spa. Not sure if he listened to the episode a few weeks ago about the mud pack, but perhaps Clap is getting the mud pack there in Corpus Christi. Also, fun fact about Corpus Christi, home of the only two-story Whataburger in the United States, at least to the best of my knowledge. It's a sight to see. We got to get you there, Phil. Oh my goodness, Jake. That sounds like something I have to be a part of. Shout out to Clap. Know he's doing good work at State Farm there. Jake, I want to move into a, a, a surprise segment, if you will. One of my good friends, my best friend, Stephen Craig, a lifelong friend, best friend, faithful listener. He has binged Ready, Set, Game from episode 5 to 11 in the last week. Oh my and, gosh. And he is fully caught up and he wants to know what you know about the Premier League. Steve is a big Liverpool guy, and he's got some games on the pitch here that we're just going to break down very quickly. we got a 30-second breakdown of these games. Nottingham Forest playing Liverpool tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, Jake. Not sure what time it is over at Liverpool. Jake, can you name me any players in the Premier League right now, and do you have any idea of where these teams are at? I, I truly do not know your knowledge on the Premier League. Phil, I'm so glad you asked. And I am proud to say, actually, I'm very embarrassed to say, Stephen, I am so sorry. I know nothing about the Premier League. I really love the concept of teams moving up and into and out of the Premier League. I did know that Liverpool was in the Premier League. I do know that soccer is a lucrative sport, also can be dangerous at times. However, I do not follow um, international soccer. And so I'm going to have to bow out on this one. I don't have a clue what's going on. The only thing I know about Liverpool is that it was one of my dear friend Claudio Antonio's favorite teams. That's good. That's a great shout out, Jake. We just wanted to ask, always trying to do new things in the RSG, but we don't want to do a new thing. We want to do an old thing here. Trip down memory lane, Jake. It's our number one sporting event, college sporting event we have ever been to, Jake. This has been a great, great list we've gone over the past few weeks. 
What's your number one? I am so glad that we finally got here. There's really no surprise to this one. And if we're being completely honest, this game in and of itself, I've been to more electric games. I have. This was the 2021 Men's National Championship basketball game in Indianapolis. Baylor Bears taking on the Gonzaga Bulldogs, two star-studded teams. Baylor jumps out to a quick 10-0 lead. Davion Mitchell, he's hot early. Jared Butler, he goes for 22 in the game. Baylor can't miss. The game was really never in question. They cut it to eight in the second half. But Baylor, from opening tip to the last whistle, they dominated a more physical team, a more athletic team. Defensively, absolutely in just a different stratosphere than Mark Few's ball club. Scott Drew was fired up. It was a culture of joy. But what really made this game what it was is Kendall Reed and I. Kendall was living in Branson, Missouri at the time, our good friend Kendall Reed. He and I decided the day before that we were going to attend this game. So we get in Kendall's red Pontiac and we make the seven hour trip to Indianapolis. Keep in mind, Kendall's at the time girlfriend, now wife, Ashton Reed was visiting at the time. He had just gotten up early in the morning to drop her off at the airport. And then he proceeds to pick me up and we make the seven hour trip to Indy. We attend the game and then we make the seven hour trip back the same night of the game, except we paused for two hours and took a two hour nap in the Phillips 66 parking lot in some town in Indiana. And then we made the trek the rest of the way back. So the experience, the game, Seeing the Bears win a national championship, I told myself if Baylor's ever in the men's national championship at the Final Four, I got to be there. There's no question about it. Yep. Money is no option. It probably would have been, but we, we found a, some, some reasonable price tickets. Mm-hmm. We made the trip. That's my number one, a good friend, a great team, and a culture of joy. Jake, you got to love that. We're going back-to-back national championship scenarios me and my mother, Marianne Addison, drove up to Indianapolis, the same spot up there in Lucas Oil Stadium, where we got to see the Georgia Bulldogs beat the Alabama Crimson Tide 33-18. to First time Georgia had beaten Alabama in over 10 years, I believe. Snapped a 41-year title drought. Walk-on quarterback Stetson Bennett comes back to the program, gets it done for the dogs. You know my dislike and hatred for the University of Alabama – Uh, My apologies to Seth Locke, obviously there, but it was great to watch that with my mother, a huge UGA fan, got to watch the national championship game at the Sugar Bowl when Herschel Walker and company won it in 1980. Uh, Jake, this was an incredible experience for us. On the way up, we had a scenario. We were driving through Nashville, pouring rain. I lose control of the wheel. Car does a full 360, and we ended up not hitting a wall, went from one lane to the next five lanes in less than five seconds. And Marianne said, she said, Jesus took the wheel. And it meant that Georgia had to win that game. And sure enough, they did, Jake. That is a great story. Marianne with the quote of the year, once again, she drops those things regularly. She is a walking Wikipedia page. That woman is amazing. Phil, this transitions us next into our college pick on for the week. You are, I hate to say it, my friend, a little bit behind me in the standings after a very, very tough week just a few weeks ago. But we're back this week, and we're going to get this thing rolling. We've got the big noon kickoff. Iowa, the Hawkeyes, rolling into number two Ohio State in Columbus. 30-point dogs in this one. 
Phil, there's no shot here. I'm taking Ohio State. They're going to cover the spread 30-plus. I think they win by 38 at home. It's not even close. Jake, I've gotten a lot of flack, uh, mainly from Stephen Gregg and company, uh, about how I've had some ridiculous picks these last few weeks. And uh, I will say, you know, on the RSG, we try to keep it light, try to keep it fun, but I got to get back on track. So that's why I'm going with that. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to go with Ohio State <laughs> at home. The Hawkeyes, 30-point dogs. I think you're right. Things to be more than that. I'm taking Ohio State 45-0. Phil, that's a great pick. That's the wise pick right there. Ohio State really hasn't been tested since week one. They've been dominant. Maybe the number uh, one team in the country. We'll see how it plays out here in the weeks to come. Syracuse at number five, Clemson. Syracuse is undefeated. I believe at this point they're top 20. Clemson's number five. DJ Uyangalale playing the best football of his career. Dabo Sweeney's fired up. I'm taking Clemson at home. I think they win by 10 in this one. Syracuse is good. It's a great story. I hate it has to come to an end this week. Jake, I agree. You know, you you, you see these teams early in the year. They go to 6-0 and midway through the year. It's fun to watch. We got two. We got a big orange game. That's just what we got. My good friend Michael Miller, Michael Miller will be there with his girlfriend and uh, his parents. They'll all be rooting for the Tigers as their Clemson alum. Jake, I love the story of Syracuse. My good friend Luke Miltner goes up there for work probably about once a month. Uh, love the story. I agree. It's got to come to an end. Syracuse is already locked in that bowl game. Maybe New Year's Six. Who knows? I'm going Clemson at home. He's taking Clemson at a home. We're going to transition right here to the home game. I've already made my pick here on the pod. Kansas at Baylor. Blake Shapin, Kyron Drones, whoever gets the nod. Baylor's going to take this one in front of the homecoming crowd. Bears by 14. Jake, both of these teams coming off bone-crushing losses. Kansas was in the top 25 for the first time in a long time. They're going to be fired up, but I think that Baylor is going to be a little more fired up. His expectations have definitely dwindled in Waco, uh, fighting for their season uh, to stay alive in the Big 12. I'm taking the Bears at home as well. Taking the Bears at home. Phil, we're going out west. That's right, the Panhandle, Lubbock, Texas, home of 250,000 screaming Red Raider fans and not any other city within 200 miles. West Virginia visits your guy, JT Daniels, comes into town. They got the big win at home against Baylor just 10 days ago, and now now they're going to be rolling into Lubbock. Phil, I'm taking Texas Tech in this game. I think Joey McGuire is doing some good things there. Their quarterback play has really elevated. They have a good offense, and they're going for it at a fourth down rate faster than any team in the history of college football Give me the Raiders in Lubbock. Jake, this Texas Tech team is a team that beat Texas uh, in a very close game a few weeks ago. They've had some losses. They've had some big wins. But you know, like my guy JT Daniels coming off a hot win in Morgantown. I'm going with the Mountaineers in Lubbock. This is my, this will, I'll say this, this may be my only risky pick for the rest of the show. We'll see how I go the rest of these games. But Jake, I like the Mountaineers in Lubbock. Bill, take us to this next game. What are we looking at in Baton Rouge? Jake, we are going down to Death Valley, not to be mistaken, obviously, as uh, I believe many have said in the past, that this is the real Death Valley. LSU, Ole Miss coming into town, number seven in the country. This is an Ole Miss team that people are beginning to question. They've had a lot of close games, but they've, they're still undefeated. LSU uh, is obviously had their ups and downs this year. Uh, Jake, I do think, though, that Brian Kelly is going to have their guys ready, but I think the Ole Miss is just a better team right now. I think their players are better, and I think that Lane Kiffin's going to pull out a lot of tricks out of the bag, uh, and Ole Miss is going to get the win on the road. 
He loves pulling the tricks out of the bag. I'm going to take LSU at home. They're actually six-point favorites in this game, which is crazy. Ole Miss, number seven in the country, six-point dogs on the road. I'm taking Brian Kelly and company. They're going to win this in messy fashion. Maybe it's a blocked field goal return. Maybe it's a punt return late in the game, pick six. I think LSU is going to win this one. Wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss wins. Probably going for Ole Miss, but I'm going to pick LSU. Jake, I like that pick. Uh, I totally agree with you. This game has mess written all over it. You have Brian Kelly's roller coaster of a team, and you have Lane Kiffin's fire and offense. Anything can happen. We're going to go back even further out west. We're going all the way to Eugene. Number nine, UCLA and Chip Kelly surprising people this year. Going into Eugene to play Bo Nix in Oregon. Jake, this one's going to be a toss-up. This one is an absolute toss-up for me. You could flip a coin, heads, tails. I think they play 10 times. I think it goes five and five. This game is great. Bo Nix on paper. Has he entered the Heisman chat? I don't know. People are saying that Bo Nix has entered the Heisman chat. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson on the outside running that Chip Kelly offense. I think the Ducks get it done at home. I think after a blowout loss to Georgia at the beginning of the year, they've righted the ship. They know what they're doing. Dan Lanning has got the troops marching in the right direction. Man, this is such a tough game for me. Urban Meyer has UCLA as his sneak-in playoff pick at this point, which is ludicrous. But I'm going to take the Ducks at home by a field goal. Jake, just for the sake of going back and forth here, I'm going to take the Bruins going into Eugene. I like the way they're playing. They're hot right now. They're 6-0. Oregon's definitely looked great since that Georgia loss. But, you know, I can never really pick for Bo Nix, but he has played exceptionally well. Don't even think he's thrown more than one interception since he played Georgia. So I like the Bruins on the road. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he's only thrown one pick actually since that game. He's taken care of the football. He's made good decisions. It will be a game time decision for Bo. Looking at the next game, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Texas on the road in Stillwater. They're six-point favorites in this game. I'm taking the Longhorns in this one. They're playing great football. In my opinion, they should be undefeated. They should be top seven right now. Texas is a good ball club. People are going to hate me for saying that. Quinn Ewers at the helm. Texas gets it done in Stillwater. Jake, I like that pick. Oklahoma State pretty upset about the double overtime loss to TCU last week to lose the undefeated streak in the Big 12 and overall. I like Texas too, though. Quinn Ewers is the guy. A lot of people were saying, you know, the what if, if he's there, they beat Bama in Austin. I would agree with that. I think the Texas team is better than a lot of people probably think. I like the Longhorns on the road. Speaking of Alabama, Jake, We head to Tuscaloosa, where number six, Alabama, is taking on number 24, Mississippi State, Will Rogers and company, and Mike Leach, all of our favorite guys, rolling in to Tuscaloosa. I believe it's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kick. Jake, this game is going to be close. Uh, I think that Alabama is going to be pretty upset uh, in regards to what happened in Knoxville last weekend. Uh, But... I can never pick the Crimson Tide, Jake. I'm going with Will Rogers and company. I like Mike Leach. I like Mississippi State. Give me the cowbells, baby. Bring them to Tuscaloosa. And just like that, Stephen Craig says, hey, Siri, text Phil Addison. Just like that, he has entered the chat. Will Rogers, also uh, the, the beloved Oklahoma legend, um, Will Rogers. Roger State University, the home of Claremore, which is the home of, of my wife, Paige. 
Um, so really do love Will Rogers and Mike Leach, but I'm going Alabama. They're going to win this one by 21 at home in front of a rock. They're going to get it done at home. Phil, we're going to stay in the same conference. We're going to stay in the SEC, Texas A&M visiting South Carolina. This is going to be an interesting game. Another toss-up game for me, Texas A&M was two feet away from winning in Tuscaloosa a few weeks ago. That was a bummer. South Carolina, Spencer Rattler and company, never know what you're going to get. Who are you seeing in this game? Jake, I mean, these are two programs that surprise a lot of people. South Carolina beating Kentucky last weekend, not, a, a game that not, that not a lot of people talked about. AM, once again, their expectations of this season uh, have also dwindled. They're just trying to scratch and claw their way through the SEC at this point. I like AM on the road here. Don't think their offense is that great, but think their defense is good enough to beat Rattler and company in Columbia. Their defense is good enough, and that's why I'm also going to stay with the Aggies on the road. Spencer Rattler will have to have a huge game in order for them to win, and he hasn't been explosive enough for me, at least with playmakers on the outside, for them to get it done this year. Last game, Big 12. This is for the top of the Big 12 standings. Both of these teams undefeated in the Big 12. It's a purple battle in Fort Worth. You know Colin Sparks will be there in full force. He actually will be there. He'll be present with his mom and dad. At the game, Fort Worth alum, Colin Sparks, loud and proud. Kansas State visits to TCU. I'm going to take TCU by 14 in this one. TCU's offense is playing out of their mind right now. They're top five in the nation in about five different categories. Their defense has been good enough to win. Max Duggan at the helm, proven leader. His team responds to him. Let's take TCU. Jake, you know, when the Wildcats beat Oklahoma earlier in the year, I thought, you know, oh, this is classic OU. They just are having a rough year. Then you see the blowout in Dallas, and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe Kansas State, you know, uh, isn't as good as people thought. They just keep winning, Jake. Uh, but I think the Wildcats don't quite have the same offense as TCU has. TCU's on a roll. I think they're for real. I think this game will be very telling of where they're at in the Big 12, and maybe even the college football playoff run, uh, I'm going to take the Horn Frogs at home as well. Can you imagine if TCU somehow snuck into the CFP this year, TCU, UCLA, Syracuse, and Tennessee, can you imagine that four playoff team bunch? We would have to get a ticket live to the CFP for that one. Phil, oh. my upset, <laughs> my upset pick of the week. I am going on the road in Lynchburg. I'm taking the Liberty Flames seven-point dogs to visitors BYU. It's not a huge reach, but I'm going to take Liberty over BYU. There's more aggressive plays that I could make, but I'm going to take Liberty at home against BYU. Jake, last time I picked Vanderbilt for my upset pick of the week, they lost Alabama 55-3. to but they're going to Columbia this week, Jake. It's a different storyline. Don't tell Adam Rose. He'll be there in attendance. So will Jack Harvey and his son, Bo. But I'm taking the Commodores on the road against a deflated Missouri team. This is going to be who makes less mistakes, who, who can score the ball. Neither of these teams can really score. But then all of a sudden, they score in bunches. So I like Vandy on the road. They need this win. Both of these teams are fighting for a bowl game in the SEC East. I like Vandy. Phil, at the beginning of the year in week one, we did a fun four, who we thought could be a fun four to make it to the college football playoff. I just listed four off the top of my head that I know that are undefeated, that do still have a chance to make the college football playoff if everything went their way. I'm putting you here on the spot. You haven't had a lot of time to think about it, but who would your fun four be at this point that you're putting in no blue bloods allowed? 
Oh, Jake, I love that. I love the fun four that you just did. I'm going to say Kansas State, uh, in no particular order here, obviously. Um, Oregon, <sighs> Penn State, <laughs> and and Syracuse. I, I, I think that'd be a fun four. Don't think Penn State quite has it, the record, obviously. Um, but I do think that uh, those four will be very fun. That would be a fun four, and the TV ratings would be out of this world for that uh, uh, Penn State-Syracuse game in the nightcap. That would be unbelievable. Phil, this has been a great episode, a fun episode here on the RSG. We've gone back and forth, a two-week catch-up. We've needed it. The listeners are ready to get this one. Many people we've heard make their picks based on our breakdown here on the RSG podcast. I know Lucas at Hockley Magoon does. This has been Ready, Said, Game. Jake Taubert along with Phil Addison. Phil, we'll see you next time.